Our Sunday school lesson said this morning that God gave them up. And I'll repeat it again tonight. You may give up. It don't matter a whole lot. It won't make much difference whether you give up on somebody. You know, that's not going to change things, Brother Pete, if you and I give up on it. But let me tell you one thing. When God says, I give up on it, He said, I'll turn them over to their sales. I'll allow them to do things they ordinarily wouldn't do. I'll let them, let them run their race the way they want to run it for a little while. But he said, I gave them up. Praise the Lord. And I, I sure don't want him to give up tonight on me. If this thing gets too loud, let me know, please. Praise the Lord. Uh, Exodus chapter 22 and verse 1, Old Testament. A uh, few verses to read here, about nine verses. And I don't know about you, but I like reading some of the old laws, some of the things that, uh, how he had them. We think it's hard to live right today, y'all have been under these laws. <laughs> you can cross at it at your neighbor or anything else. You're talking about being honest and everything, they were, they were strict on those things. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox. Five times. Four sheep for a sheep. And if a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall be no bloodshed for him. In other words, if he gets caught and they kill him, steal him, He's just dead man. Justice has been performed. And if the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him, for he should make full restitution. And if he have nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. He'd be sold as a slave to pay his debt that he owes. And if the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be an ox or an ass or sheep, he shall restore double. And if a man shall cause a field or vineyard to be eaten and shall put his beast, put in his beast and shall feed in another man's field of the best of his own field and not the best of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution. You know what restitution is, don't you? That means make it right. You make it right. That's what it's all talking about. You go whatever it takes. And in and there here at one place he said five restitution was five ox for one ox. And he said if fire break out and catch in thorns, so that the stacks of corn or the standing corn and the field be consumed therewith, he that kindled the fire shall surely make restitution. Fire break out, burn up what the man has. That man's responsible for it. It looks to me like what I'm reading right here, amen, that ain't what I'm preaching, but I think it's just good that man's responsible for what he does. Is that right? He was responsible for his actions. He couldn't put the blame on nobody else. He was responsible. And said here that if a, if a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep, you know, I'd say, Jim, how about that? How about keeping that for me, would you? Praise the Lord. 
You ain't going to find nothing but a bunch of phone numbers. <laughs> and a credit card. And said that if, if, uh, if a man should deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep and it be stolen out of the man's house, and if the thief be found, let him pay double. And if the thief be found not, then the master of the house shall be brought unto the judges to see whether he hath put his hand unto his neighbor's good. In other words, if he would say, Jim said, hey, wait, somebody come in and stole, stole your billfold from me. And they dearly didn't, but old Jim kept it. They're going to try Jim for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. For He said here, for all manner of trespass, whether it be for ox or for ass, for sheep, for raiment, for any manner of lost thing which another challenged to be his, the cause of both parties shall come before the judges, whom the judges shall condemn. He shall be pay double unto his name. Amen. You got my bill phone? Can I have it back? Nobody's got it. I mean, you either. You don't owe nothing. No restitution. Honest as the day is long. Put, you kept it safe, didn't you? Amen. That's all I want to know if you kept it safe. But in, in verse 9, where I want to preach from, for all manner of trespass, whether it be for ox, for ass, for sheep, or for raiment, for any manner of lost thing which another challenger to be his, man says, that belongs to me. The other fellow says, no, it belongs to me. And I said, no, I want body, it belongs to me. And so there becomes a dispute over who it belongs to. Amen. There's some things where I want to make clear who it belongs to. Praise God. I want to make clear who it belongs to. I don't want it to belong to a stranger. I don't want it to belong to somebody in this world that just claims. And I'm going to tell you what. There's a thief out here tonight trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to claim some things that ain't his. Praise God. I'm going to tell you tonight. He tries to claim church services. And they don't belong to the devil. Glory to God. He, he tries to claim songs sometimes. They don't belong to him. Because he won't what he do with it once he got it. Can't do nothing with it. Praise the Lord. But tonight, this thief. But it said, but going back, what I want to preach about here, about lost things. And that's what I'm preaching about, lost things. Here it said that if, if it was even lost, somebody's going to have to give an account what happened to it. You just can't say, I can't find it. And that's it. They didn't settle for that. You had to take and make proof, provide evidence that what you had, you done the very best you possibly could of taking care of what was given you for safekeeping. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to make sure tonight, amen, that what's been given to me for a little while to use for a little while. I'm going to tell you what happened a few years ago. Been a while now. About 51, be soon 52 years, about three months and a half. 52 years ago, there was life breathing to this old uh, body. And he breathed into me the breath of life. And the Bible said that I became a living soul because he breathed the breath of life into me. 
gave me some things and he gave me life to live. He gave me a life to serve. He gave me a life to do something for him. And you know what? After a little while, somewhere or another out in this world, I'm, and he gave me this body. Amen. He gave me the brother Pete. Our bodies may have afflictions in them, but God gave it to us to take care of it. Not to abuse it. Not to let anything harm that body if we possibly can. Praise the Lord. But he put it for safekeeping. Do you know why? After a while, that which he gave me, he's going to be required of me. What have you done with it? Have you taken care of it? Praise the Lord. But lost things. How many? How many has tonight's ever lost anything in your house and you knew exactly where it was at, you thought, but it was lost? How is it, you tell me, how is it when we lose things in the house, when we start looking for it, we can't find it, when we don't need it, it shows up? Right there. The other night, uh, I was looking for one of my flashlights, uh, uh, as Brother Earl would say, one of my most favorite ones. You know, it's one of his most favorite ones. And uh, I was looking for my most favorite flashlight to go deer hunting. And I was wanting to pack it in my stuff. Well, I tried to retrace. I went downstairs where I remember it was set. It wasn't there. I went here where we normally keep it. It wasn't there. And uh, I thought, and we looked, and we looked, and we looked, and we searched, and we looked, and went and looked under every seat in the car, I was on the side door, never could find my flashlight, it never had that kind of trouble finding my flashlight, but I couldn't find it. I said, well, when was the last time I used it? Well, I thought, and I thought, and I retraced the history of it when I used it this time, and that used it, to, anybody ever done that? Have to go back and retrace your steps, retrace when you use something, where did you lay it? What happened to it? And I got—I almost got to thinking. You reckon somebody over at school stole my flashlight out of my truck? And I thought about that. I said, "Well, I don't know when it had opportunity to have done." Well, I thought. And I went upstairs. And I looked in the boys' room. I went here and I looked. And I looked on on uh, Caleb's got a, a double bunk bed, a big one on the bottom and a little one on top. And I looked on there. I mean, dangerous going in that room sometimes. You got to be careful. Uh, life will get hurt, something will fall on you. And I looked on top of that top bed amongst the guitars and, and uh, all kinds of instruments and uh, a few odds and ends there with no flashlight be found. I came back downstairs and, and uh, Jordan went upstairs and guess what he found? Guess where he found it? On top of that bed. Right where I looked. You couldn't have made me believe that it was been on top of that bed. Well, now where you found it, Jordan? Caleb, you find where did you find it? On top of the bed. It was hid amongst all that stuff, and uh, but it was a lost thing. And I don't know about you, it wasn't the value. I'd take twenty dollars and go buy me, but I don't like losing things. It bothers me to know I've lost something and I can't find it. I'd rather for it tear up, and I know it's broke than to think that I lost. But that thing was lost for a little while, at least. And I looked and looked. I could not find what I thought that I had lost. Leave it on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I, I lost that light, I thought. And that ain't the only thing I've ever lost. I've lost a bunch of things around about the house. And it just bothered me here and there. Amen. 
I told you about the time I lost my welding gloves. I've done this, I know, at least two or three times in life. I'd lose my welding gloves. They're big old gawky things. They come up to about right here, big heavy gloves. They ain't like a little pair of cloth gloves you put down in your pocket. But I've lost them when I worked a regular job, and I've lost them since I've been doing what I do now. And it ain't been too long ago. I walked all over that shop, and I thought, now somebody's got my gloves. And then, and usually I take my, I take my uh, left, uh, see, now my right hand glove off because that's the hand I use most of the time. But I had my left hand glove on, best I remember. And I walked around and I'd ask those boys and I looked on every table. I looked at every place and I saw a few laying here didn't have my initial on it. And finally, somebody said, Mr. Castor. I said, what? I was getting aggravated. I know they got my glove, said the said it's under your arm. <laughs> it was under my arm. I'd, just, I'd, I'd reach up. Dale, did you ever do that? Take your gloves off, stick it under your arm and pull it off. If you ever well, you know what I'm talking about. You do silly things like that sometimes. I pulled it off, I clamped my arm down. That was that by habit. But it wasn't really lost. It was right there. But I didn't feel good. I wanted to make sure that I could find it. It troubled me. We find in Leviticus chapter 6 almost a repeat. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord and lie unto his neighbor, in that which he was delivered to him to keep and, or in fellowship, or in a thing, a thing taken by violence, or hath deceived his neighbor, or hath found that which was lost and lied concerning it, and swear falsely, in any of all these that a man doeth sinning therein, then it shall be because he that sinneth is guilty, and he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he had deceitfully gotten, or the thing which was delivered to him to keep, or the lost thing which he found. In other words, I'm going to tell you something tonight. You find $20, you find $100 out there somewhere, and it's in a store, and you say, stick it down in my pocket. I tell you what you better do. You better try to find out who owns it. Because it don't belong to you. Now that's the way it was in the Old Testament. He said if you find a lost thing. And you know that it belongs to somebody else. You ought to make some type of effort. To find out who it belongs to. Now once you use all your uh, means of trying to find out. Hey, I'd say probably alright you go ahead and keep it. But, but don't be sneaky about it and try to keep something that ain't yours. Amen. Because it belongs to somebody else. They lost it. I'm preaching tonight about things that get lost from time to time. Amen. And the responsibility of the man that I gave it to keep for me. Or if Jim comes by and he leans up over that seat and I just get up out of it. Can't you get it there, Jim? Praise God. And Jim looked at her and said, wait a minute, I've lost my bill for Where did I lose that? I look. Jim sees me looking. And Jim's getting, thinking, hey, I ain't had time to check it. There may be some money in that thing. You're going to be fooled. <laughs> Praise God. You're going to be fooled. Ain't a whole lot. I'll tell you that. You ain't going to get too far. Because high as gas is. But if he deceitfully Deliver, fails to tell me about that thing I lost. 
He's going to be held responsible. Amen. You know, I'm going to tell you tonight, the Bible puts responsibility on us every way we turn. Amen. You find it? You need to try to give it back to them if you can. It's the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 9. Saul was being called of the Lord to go out to do a great work. And uh, it seemed like that uh, there something got lost one day. And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said, um, said to Saul, his son, Take now one of the servants with thee and rise and go seek the asses. What have he done? He lost his mule. There's a bunch of people lost their mule. Amen. I read where a man could lose his sheep. He could lose his oxen. He could lose a remnant. He could lose certain things. But here he said they've lost her. And I like using the word mule. I just like to say it like that. Amen. He lost his mule. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you tonight, a lot of people wouldn't own a mule, but it was important to Saul's dad. It was something that he needed. They either wandered away or strayed away, and he didn't know where they were at. He said, son, would you go look for the mules? They're lost somewhere. I need them. Amen. In the same chapter, verse 18, then Saul drew near Samuel, to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into the high place for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow I'll let thee go and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as for the, uh, the asses that, which were, that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them for they're found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel is not on thee and on thy father's house. He said, don't you worry about the mules since they've already been found. They've been taken care of. God was getting ready to call him to do a, a, a lead the children of Israel. But you see, he went looking for that which was lost. He had to search. Why? Because he looked in different parts of the country. He went here and he went there. He talked to this and he talked to And he seen the mute. Amen. I wonder tonight if there's anything you and I have lost somewhere in this life and we hadn't found it. Amen. We hadn't quite found it yet. We lost it some time ago. We haven't found it. I've got personal things probably, I know at work, that I, I lost and it's been lost a long time. I don't know where it's lost or stolen, but I can't find it. But we find in Psalms 119 and verse 176, the psalmist said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. He looked at himself and he didn't put the blame on nobody else. He said this. He said, I have gone astray. Like a little old lost sheep who wanders off from the, the rest of them. Just doing my thing and going here and going there and uh, uh, not being paying no attention to where I'm at. But said, I went astray like a lost sheep. Then we find that in Jeremiah chapter 4, in those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come. And they of the children of Judah together, going and weeping. They shall go, seek the Lord their God. 
And they shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains and they have gone from the mountains to the hill and they have forgotten their resting place. And all that found them Listen to these two verses. And all that found them have devoured them. And their adversary said, We offend not because they have sinned against the Lord and the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. In the verse I just read to you prior to that, said they started out in the mountains, but they went from the mountain to the hill. And said when they got to the hill, they forgot the resting place. That's what he's talking. He's, he's telling them and illustrating them it was like sheep that was grazing in the high mountains upon the green grass where the winter snow would run and melt down and, and provide a, a pasture farm. But for some odd reason enough, they wandered from the mountain. And now I'm going to tell you what, they ain't never been a hill as good as a mountain. Not the mountain of the Lord. Amen. But when you're on a mountain and you lower yourself to a hill and you forget that resting place that was in the mountain, by that place of shelter, I wonder tonight, somewhere all over this world, how many churches have gotten those that have forgotten the resting place? They were one time on the mountain, shouting the victory, having a good time in the house of God, praising God and worshiping God, but they are now somewhere on a hill on a hill just on a hill amen they're on just a hill they ain't at that resting place let me tell you what services like we have from time to time I'm going to tell you what how many rested in here last night in the spirit of God in this service it was a great rest. Amen. If you was on the mountain, you ought to have been able to rest. If you was on a hill, you couldn't find it. You hear me? If you, if you was on a hill, you ain't going to find that resting place. Because it ain't on the hill, it's in the mountain. Praise God. And so he told them here, he said, see, he said they had forgotten. And said, when well, you know what? And, but there's always seems like that which was lost, somebody ends up finding it. Right? You know, that sheep going to get out there. It may stray away and it may wonder, but I'm going to tell you what, after a while, he said their adversaries found that lost sheep. What's that adversary going to do with that lost sheep? Oh, I know. He's a good old boy. I'll take him back up to the mountain. Mm -mm. The Bible said that his adversary would devour him. Devour that sheep. Destroy that sheep. Make that sheep life miserable. As miserable could be. You know why? Because they left the mountain. Went to the hill. And forgot their resting place. I'm going to tell you tonight. I ain't no fool. I know it's a little tight. And I'm going to tell you what. You could have your eyes open tonight. Like you see who's standing with me. 
Would you like to challenge me tonight with who's standing beside of me? You do, you come right on ahead. You won't get out the door. You're making it hard on me preaching. I'll tell you. But it ain't wearing me none. Glory to God. When they moved from the mountain to the hill, look out. How many in many years gone by have we seen move from the mountain to the hill? Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank the Lord. I'm telling you tonight, there's things that are lost. And if they're not found, there's an adversary going to find them. And that adversary is going to destroy them. That adversary is going to make their lives miserable. There's some that's been lost for a few years now. There's some that's been gone astray for a pretty good while. And oftentimes, they, they cross my mind and my heart. Lord, wonder what they ever think about those good old services they used to be in the house of God. Amen. I wonder sometimes when they see you and you don't even see them at Walmart or somewhere, they watch you walk down the aisle and they remember that when I used to be in fellowship with them, we were on the mountain and we were shouting the victory. We was having Holy Ghost time. They were running down. But now look at me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lost. Lost. And you know what? That adversary... He's been doing a pretty good job on some of them destroying them. He may have not taken their life yet. But I tell you what, he when he's just like this little old story, what are you gonna do with them birds? When you get done with them, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill them. That's what he's gonna do to a bunch of people. When he gets through playing with them, when he gets through doing all he's gonna do, because they're lost. Lost things, lost you, lost opportunities. Amen. Lost experiences in the Lord. Amen. He said here, you're the salt of the earth. Talking about the church, the people. Christian people, we are the salt of the earth. We are what's keeping the things from happening that could happen. If you take the Christian people out of the United States, I tell you what, he'd probably fall up overnight. But it's the Christian people, society, that's keeping this thing together. But he said, if for some reason this salt had lost its savor, or one scripture said, lost its saltiness, its purpose, its reason, if it loses that which it was intended to do, wherewith shall it be salted? Tonight, if you and I lose that salt, we lose that savor. Could I put it down like this? If we lose the Spirit of God out of our services, that's what's keeping us salted. That's what's keeping it doing right. Is the Spirit of God. We lose the move of God. We take, let that be taken away.
no good for nothing. Amen. Amen. It is thenceforth good for nothing. If I should lose my anointing tonight, or I lose my experience with God, what good am I to, to the Lord? I'm good for nothing. Amen. I'm good for nothing. I mean, I'm just good for nothing, Tucker. I'm just good for nothing. What good is it if I can quote that whole Bible from one end to the other and not be able to grab a hold of the anointing of the Lord? What good would it be tonight if I could sing like an angel but if there was no spirit in the singing? What would it be tonight if I was a great orator and I could capture people's attention but yet there's no spirit in the preaching? Hallelujah. What good is it? He said, Brother Howard, it's good for nothing. What good would it be today if I was a teacher teaching Sunday school and I could unravel, I could just remember this and I could quote this, I could do all that, but if I wasn't a bit of spirit in what I was doing, what good is it? The stuff around the house is tore up, broken. You get rid of it, or you, you build an extra building to put it in. I mean, after a while, it gets expensive to keep stuff around, there ain't no count. Every now and then you gotta have a a, 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 a garage clean. Every now and then you gotta have a basement clean. Every now and then you gotta have an outbuilding clean. You know what you do? You get rid of that stuff that's good for nothing. Holding on to it for a long time. I've been guilty of that, but I tell you what, there's some things I just sort of throw it away when it gets tore up. And if I don't know if it's any good, uh, I'll ask Carol's girl, is this thing any good? It may be something that she works with. Some kind of an old mop or something like that. Or, or you know, uh, they got all kinds of gadgets on them. I say, is this thing any good? It ain't no good. Well, get rid of it. Let's throw it away. It's good for nothing. Amen. Things, and it said it's to be cast out, be trodden under foot of men. Amen. It's to be thrown away, get rid of, because there ain't no benefit to you no more. It ain't doing nothing but taking up space. I'm going to tell you tonight, I sure don't want to just take up space. Do you? I just don't want to occupy a bench and take up space. I want to be used for the Lord. We find here, he was talking in Luke, and he was talking about the sheep. If a man had the hundred sheep, one, he'd lose one of them. He's the, don't he leave the ninety-nine and go after that lost sheep? Yeah, he does. He goes on down here, and he said, and he rejoiced with me when I find that lost sheep. But I remember reading a little old book on, 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 the, on, on Psalm, in Psalm 23, I believe it was. And you know what they said? That uh, the, the, the ways of a shepherd, you've heard it preached, I preached it myself. But when a sheep would go astray, that shepherd would run out there, he would search for that sheep, and oftentimes we would find that sheep that wandered astray. You know where he would be? He'd be hung up over in a thicket somewhere. Nobody right ready for something to reach in and devour. That shepherd would gently pull that little lamb out, or that sheep. And he would bring it back to where it was a put it with the rest of the flock. And hopefully he wouldn't wander astray no more. If that sheep wandered astray again, and that shepherd goes out and, and by, by chance, uh, and oftentimes they never found them. You know why? Because the adversary devoured them. 
adversary devoured them while they was astray. And you know what? But if he would find that, you know what he'd do? He'd break his legs. He would nurse it back to hell. He would, that thing you say, that seems to be cruel. Better have broke leg than be destroyed by an adversary. He would nurse that little old lamb back to hell. And that lamb would supposedly bond with that shepherd. Amen. We got a little, we got, I got three beagle pups up there. My nephew gave me. And they're just, they all three different pretty little pictures. Here a while back, I hadn't had them for a while. They got a little bit wormy. We worked on them. And then this uh, flu is going around hitting dogs. I reckon that's what happened to this one little pup. And, he, and he's he born with a short tail. I call him Stumpy. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, he was just a little bit different. I, I liked him because he was different. He acted different. And Stumpy got sick. And old Stumpy got down just in a matter of days. His skin was hanging on his bones. You know, a little pup, it don't take long for them to get down weak. But old Stumpy got down pretty sick. And uh, I figured if you take him to bed and what the vet say, he ain't going to make it. I know what he said. You might as well just go ahead and put him down. He ain't going to make it. The devil told a bunch of people that he ain't, ain't going to make it. But I'm going to tell you what I done, though, Stumpy. I got thinking about people with cancer. And I know a lot of times people that take those treatments, they, they let them drink what, like insure? And I thought, oh, Stumpy wouldn't eat. Stumpy didn't want nothing to eat. Didn't want a bite. Some people just cram an egg down. That's good. Ain't nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of different ways. But I'm just going to tell you how I done old Stumpy. Old Stumpy, I got to where I had to carry him in. To carry him out. He was weak and wobbly. He'd get up and wobble around a little bit. Old Stumpy just getting weaker every day. And after a day or so, I thought, what am I going to do? And uh, we got some of that carnation instant breakfast mix. And we got some milk and we mixed that up. We got a syringe and about twice a day we give old Stumpy made him eat. Open that mouth up. Shoot that down there. It was a messy job. It took a little time early in the morning before you went to work to have to deal with it when you come in from work. But it seemed like several days went by. And I could tell after I gave him a dose of it he was gaining strength, but he hadn't started eating at all. But he was down to nothing. But, but I kept working with him and kept uh, 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 trying to do whatever I could to, you know, put it in him. He, he just weak. He didn't even have mine to eat. But I kept putting it in him. Carol fixed up some old hamburgers she was afraid to cook for us and it was in the freezer, you know, maybe freezer burned. She said, I'll sit the dogs and eat this. She cooked it up in old Stumpy. You put some out to him, he just smell of it, and he just walk away. He wouldn't pay no attention. One morning, about the fourth morning after giving him that stuff, had it the night before, and I give it a dose of it that, uh, the night before. Next morning, I was getting ready to give him a dose, and I just thought there was some there in the kitchen, and I got a little bowl of it, and uh, Stumpy still wasn't better. But you know what? I got old Stumpy up, and I held that hamburger to him, he went. One lights went on. I know that Sumpy wanted to live. I know Sumpy wanted to eat. Old Sumpy went to eat and now he's fast pig. Old Sumpy made it. But I'm going to tell you what. 
Carol, tell you, that put a bond between me and old Stumpy. Because I took him when he was nearly dying. When if it just left him, he'd have probably died. Amen. But if Stumpy had wandered off and I couldn't find him, how could have I helped him? I'd search for him. I'd look for him. Sometimes I would. I'd go out and I'd try to find him. Where is Stumpy at? Is he, is he just fell over dead? But I'm going to tell you tonight, this sheep that was lost, Amen. And if he wandered astray after he broke his legs, you know what? Like our Sunday school lesson, God give him up. And that shepherd, he'd destroy that sheep. After all the toil, you know why? The possibility of it causing others to go astray. Better to that and be lost than to cause a multitude to be lost. That may sound cruel, but there was a scripture that said he was the good shepherd. Lost things. Woman lost a piece of silver. She lit a candle. She swept the house until she found that which she lost. We find that there was a man that had, he said, his son gone astray, went into a far country. But when he found him, his reply was, he, he was lost and is found. I don't know about you, but I sure like to find a bunch of them. There's enough tonight that's went astray just since I've been a pastor just about to fill this whole congregation just about full. This church tonight without you being in it. Being a bunch of them wandered off. Being a bunch of them gone astray. What is it? Things that are lost. Lost things. Amen. He said here, what was the mission of Jesus? He said, for the Son of Man is to come to seek and to save them that which was, to save that which was lost. Every one of us was lost in sin. We was lost in this world. But he said, because Jesus came to do that. One scripture said, what profit a man should gain the whole world? Lose his soul. The greatest loss. I just told recently, I hadn't even told Carol. Carol, we used to go to the horse market some with us. Do you remember seeing a little guy down at Kingsport that get up and stand on the horse's back? A little bitty guy, they called him Collins. Little bitty guy. Sold horses. I mean, he bounced around like a little, like little June bug. They told me that he had a, uh, working with the horses. He, I mean, he sold horses all over the United States, all over the eastern United States, Mountain Indiana, all the way through everywhere. He's probably uh, maybe in his early 40s. Colin, little fellow. They told me that he, they're having a special sale. We'll give him all the proceeds, the profits and everything that, from it. You know why? He had an accident with the horse the other day. They said it messed his whole face up. He lost his eye. Handsome man. Good looking man. I'm talking about a good looking young man. Uh, but he lost his eye. How valuable was that to him? What profit is all of that? But yet he let down his guard one day with a horse that was capable of harming him. He conquered a bunch of them, but not this time. Thank God his eye. It cost him his eye. 
So what profit if a man or woman, a boy or girl, they should gain the whole world, whatever that consists of. The greatest loss, that man lost his eye. I don't, I don't know that he's a Christian, but I'm going to tell you what, he can go to heaven without eye or without any eyes. But you can't go to heaven with lost soul. You go to heaven, Pete, with lost limbs. But you can't go to heaven with your soul lost somewhere. Tonight, things that are lost. One more thing. He looked at a man one day. This man had a lot. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear my barn down. I'm going to build me some more. I just got more than I know what to do. with it. I'm going to make big more room. And he says, I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Talk to his soul. Talking to himself. says, soul, I'm going to tell you what. Material things don't do nothing for you, soul. Mm-mm. Material things do not feed the soul. And he was, he, was, he was way off course when he thought his soul could be satisfied with more and more and more. That don't satisfy the soul. But I'll tell you what, what I felt tonight in this service, what I felt this morning, what I felt last night, I'll tell you what, you can't put it in a barn. <laughs> you don't have to put it in a barn. And I'll tell you what, if I had a great big barn, it could be full of hay and cattle and horses and everything else and machinery. I'm going to tell you what, what satisfies me is that spirit is by. That's what my soul feeds on is the Spirit of God. And so he said, soul, take ease. You know what was happening to his soul? What was happening to his soul, Howard? His soul was starving death with his barns full. Think about it. His soul was starved to death with his barns full. And he looks at him. He says, thou fool, this night... Your soul will be required of you. You're going to have to let your soul go. Amen. And then he looks at him. He says, Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. All that you have laid up ain't done your soul no good. All the big times ain't done your soul no good. All the plenty, all the riches, all the wealth, everything, all the opportunities. And then you all that time your soul was starving to death. And now it comes down, I'm like the heavy soul. Lost souls the worst thing the world lose. You can lose your mule. You can lose your ox. You can lose your house. You can lose your car. You can lose your loved one. You can lose a lot of things in this world and we have to say without a shadow of a doubt, it is a great loss. But the greatest loss that a person could ever think about losing, losing their soul. Just losing their soul. Amen. Lost things. Amen. I appreciate you listening tonight. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to tell you tonight, When God gives it up, when God gives it up, Daddy, Mommy, 
granddaddies, grandmas, aunts and uncles, cousins, sisters, brothers. Ain't none of us can change God's mind when God gives it up. Won't you know that? We don't change His mind when God says, I give Him up. Amen. Lost things.